Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Happy New Year. Uh, you know, Christmas morning was the usual ruckus around our house this year. No travels, just a joyful time to be together and enjoy the holiday. And Ivy made her fresh scones and bacon, of course. There were mimosas and sparkling juice, our family tradition. But first, the presents. I, I think they were up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, but what can you do? Four kids waited with excitement for their turn to open something new. And they went youngest to oldest. Yes, they took turns. We keep it very orderly. Then restraint gave way to celebration, each one amazed at having received a new gift. Some favorites this year, rainbow high-top Converse shoes, Pokemon Sword and Shield, a handheld video game, and the Paw Patrol Lookout Tower. We grown-ups made mental notes of the joy on their faces and will try to recall that when life gets more complicated, and it will. And then the day after, Mom went to work, so we cleaned up the packages and straightened the closets and found homes for new toys and books and clothes. And the decorations and the lights are all down now at home. The weeks passed and we got back into routines, back into life, back to the ups and downs of every day. And left wondering, what happened to all the amazement? Where did it go? Maybe just getting through the holiday was enough for some of you. And now it's a new month, a new year, a new decade even. It's also a new season in the church. Yes, we call it Epiphany. This time when Christ was revealed to all the nations. The Son of God, the Word made flesh, is in time and history. And the Magi came and they brought gifts to the newborn king. Tradition remembers three of them. And the gold and the frankincense and myrrh, but there may have been more. They were amazed to hear of the birth and had to go and see the baby and the family in Bethlehem. Then they went back to their homes, back to their routines, back to watching the stars. So we embark on a new year together. What will be new for us? Who will be born in the coming months? What will give us hope? Where will we find healing in our bodies, in our homes, in our nation? How will we be amazed by Jesus in this new year? We're into Mark's gospel now, and uh, this first good news story you've heard moves quickly. You ready for the journey? Read along with us, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. We hear of the crowds that came to Capernaum. Jesus was living there, and as was the custom, if the door was open, well, you came to see what was going on. People would find you, and they gathered in the house to see Jesus, and there were so many, it was standing room only. And they'd heard about the leper and maybe others that were healed in Galilee, and they filled the house to hear Jesus preaching the word of God when all of a sudden there was some scratching at the roof, and a hole opened up. It was made out of dried mud and branches, and some friends began lowering this guy on a mat. He was paralyzed, couldn't move. 
Jesus says right then and there, son, your sins are forgiven. And it might be what we expect Jesus to say. We, we've heard the stories. We know what he's about. Son of God and all. But to them, it was strange. It was offensive even. Rabbis didn't just do that. Only God could forgive sins. This was controversial. But before they can run him out of town, Jesus speaks up. He knows what they're thinking. Not only forgiving sins, but telling this paralyzed man to get up, take his mat, and go home. And he does. He stands up. This one who was carried into the room now bends over to pick up the mat and carries it out, fully healed. What did he do to deserve that? Mark says that Jesus notices the faith of his friends, not even the person himself. The man had nothing to do with this. We can imagine he's one who's maybe given up on being healed. Maybe he's been like this too long or suffered indignity and abuse. He's been blamed for bringing the problem on himself. Or his parents took the blame. They must have been sinners. This was the understanding. That's the way they thought. And upon meeting Jesus of Nazareth, he's not only healed, but forgiven too? Well, everything, everything is new. And I want to imagine that this guy who came in lower down on a, a rope or a strap, on a, a stretcher or a mat, as we hear, took that mat. He needed it. It was a symbol of that old life. And everywhere he went, he showed it to people, like a kid showing off their favorite Christmas gift maybe and maybe he went to the synagogue and gave talks to the youth group and showed them and told them how Jesus changed his life how once he was unable to move and with a little help from his friends he found a new life and everyone everyone who heard this story they saw the math they knew it was true they would have been amazed but it's scandalous for Jesus while the people give glory to God, it's the Pharisees and the scribes, they look at him funny. Who does this guy think he is? A good question. For us, the gifts have been unwrapped, the decorations taken down. Well, not here. The nativity set will be put away, but Jesus remains with us. He doesn't stay here in the church either for you to come and find him Sunday morning, but he's out there on the journey. The word is alive and moving and active and healing and bringing newness, newness, new life. What will this look like for us, for you? What will make us amazed? If you've lived a lot of years and you think you know what to expect, or if you've just entered the middle stage of life or looking at retirement, you are still here with us you still have a chance to be amazed. You may yet see something new. New things happen here when we gather together. New things happen when we share our faith, when we get around this table and meet Jesus in bread and wine. New things happen when we gather in our homes and hear the voices and insights of one another to talk about our future together, our needs and desires. When we listen to our neighbors and learn to serve them in new ways. 
New things happen when we partner with our local agencies and organizations to make a difference here in our city. What could we imagine together for the future? Could you imagine new transportation on Maryland Parkway? A rapid bus lane from UNLV to Fremont Street. How would that change our community? Can you imagine a new high school at the corner of Maryland and Oakey, a new K through eight school here on our street, or a new magnet program bringing new families to our historic neighborhood? Can you envision parents and children meeting in this church to learn, to build relationships, to find hope and healing in Jesus with all of us here? Could we be amazed? And I think of those friends who carried this man, unable to use his legs, unable to work, unable to live in safety, to provide for himself, and what it would have meant that they would even make the effort to bring him to the house. And they found he couldn't get in the door. They didn't give up. They didn't leave him there and say, well, it was a good idea, but it's not going to work out. I guess we'll try another time. No, they found a way. They put in the work to get him up on the roof. They dug a hole through the structure. I'm sure they patched it up too. Big enough to lower him down to see Jesus so that Jesus could see him. And they trusted that this could happen. This was going to work out. They believed that Jesus was going to do this thing for their friend. And they were not going to miss the chance to see something new. Jesus forgives sins. There were others who performed healing works, and they were known, but Jesus would do that too. But none of them would dare to pronounce the forgiveness of your failures, your faults, all your mistakes. No temple, no sacrifice, no works of penance, just forgiven. No sins too big, no faith too small. Jesus is the only one who does that. Now that he's got their attention, Jesus is not content just to go house to house and be a fine preacher. There's more. Jesus has been hanging out with the wrong crowd. And Levi was like uh, Don Fanucci, guy in The Godfather 2, who goes around extorting business owners and collecting protection money. He says, I just want to wet my beak a little. And he always wants a little more. Only this was worse. Tax collectors, they worked for the empire. And if they could get anything off the top, well, they'd keep it. And if you saw them, you'd cross the street to avoid them just to get away. But Jesus talks to Levi, this tax collector. He calls him to be one of his followers, one of his friends. And there were sinners and tax collectors. They were at his table, too. People who flouted the law. They just did whatever they want. They ate while the Pharisees and scribes fasted. They, they didn't wash their hands. Even John's disciples refrained from eating on fasting days to show their holiness. But Jesus doesn't care about that. Jesus came to heal the sick. He came to call all people to him, not just the ones who have it all figured out. He calls the ones we think are the wrong ones. The ones we don't really want to sit next to. The ones who make us frustrated. The ones who might have hurt us and hurt others. And the ones who hurt themselves. 
He calls them his friends. He calls them to the table. And he calls all of us to follow him, to be amazed, to give glory to God. He calls each and every one of us. And he calls us to believe that he is the healing and hope of the world. And something new that we need here and now. Will you come? Will you believe? Will you watch this here and see what Jesus will do and in you and through you? Will you bring friends who are in deep need of this good news? Jesus is life and healing. Jesus is food for the hungry. Jesus is our friend, our Lord, our Savior. Jesus is here to love you, to heal you, to forgive you, to make you something new.